When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Finally, here it is. It's tomorrow, guys. It is tomorrow. Welcome to Starcastic Remarks, and along with Christian, I am Ryan, and we are the official Dallas Stars podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, They have a promo code for us, which is THPN. Make sure you go and use that on the app for a little special something-something. And uh, we really do appreciate the the support that we get from uh, DraftKings. They're they allow us to kind of do this stuff for free, get paid for a, l- a little bit for it as well. So, again, we really do appreciate uh, DraftKings. But, Christian, it is the eve of the first game of the regular season, a full 82-game season for the Stars. How excited are you? I'm, I'm kind of, like, shaking in my chair right now with how excited it, I am. It is the second-best eve of the year, so I'm very excited. I, what I'm wearing now, this isn't just for the podcast. I wore this all day. So <laughs> really? I'm getting extremely excited for, for the season to start. So I am I am very much looking forward to it. And I have overly high expectations for this team probably. But, you know, that that's why we're a fan podcast and not a analytical podcast. Not a realistic <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> I guess sometimes we have to be realistic. But uh, in, in this case, there, for almost all 32 teams, there's a little bit of optimism. Right. I, I mean, th- this is what's great about the beginning of the season is that, you know, e- even the teams that are, you know, not expected to make the playoffs, they're expecting some sort of step in the right direction or whatever. Or they're excited to see such and such prospect or such and such player or line or combo or whatever. So and, uh, you know, that doesn't fall far from the stars either. The optimism that we have for this team this year is. Uh, very high from our perspective, just because we feel like we know what this team can do, and we're getting players back. Well, maybe not. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, uh, we're we're getting players back. Uh, the, we basically got some players back for free that were basically hurt all season last year. We're getting we're basically adding a whole line. We're adding a whole new line, the third line, which I've been talking about all off season. Looks different. It looks fantastic. I am super excited uh, for this season. Um, but, Christian, I kind of have to throw this plug in there for you because I know you're super excited about this. How about A&M and Bama, man? Oh, my gosh. I told you I was a Fairweather <laughs> fan. I still went to this game, though. I was fully expecting to like be leaving at halftime and be like down like by 30 points. But, oh, my gosh, that was crazy. And I, Okay, so I'll take you all to the final moment, the field goal to win the game. So 
I could not see anything of like depth of field goal at all. So when he kicked it, I was like, man, that went dead center. So we go crazy and everything. And then me and my girlfriend, Ellie, we sprint down the stairs and we're the first ones out of the section. And we sprint all the way down to the field and jump onto the field with all the other first deck people. We were at the top of the second deck. We were at all the way down to field level. It was great. It was super fun. That's awesome. It, 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 cool experience for you, right? I mean, that's one thing you're never going to forget you yeah. know, as, as long mean, as you live. That's probably number two sports moment for me right now. So that's really that's really awesome. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Hopefully it will be eclipsed by a Dallas Stars Stanley Cup win this season. Hopefully. Yeah, that would hopefully. be my number one because I would remember this better than I would the 1999 one. I mean, one. number but, one right now for me is still the Winter Classic game. I mean, that's that's has to be the coolest sporting event I've ever been to, especially with the way the game went down to. Man, that was just awesome. Yeah, and I, I just posted on Twitter this past week, I posted that uh, the Radulov clip. Oh, I've never heard. Oh, I mean, just the goosebumps after he scored that goal. You're like, they're not losing this game. I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it. It's stupid. Yep. But it was like one of the coolest moments of, uh, of my life. But anyway, optimism is ringing high for us right now. So uh, we've got a ton to talk about. This is our official. Wait. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Well, one more thing before we get back into it. I got a new microphone stand. It's a little guy that sits on the desk. A lot easier, huh? So now I don't have to break out the big one. It's great. I love it. I've got my little one around here, too, but I'm too fancy. I've got the whole mechanical arm going on here. Nah, see, my, my so. desk is, I'm in like a dorm room almost. <laughs> so everything's got to be a little bit smaller. Yeah, yeah. everything got to <laughs> be a little bitty, bro. Well, uh, before we get started into all the stuff that we're going to talk about, um, I, I just wanted to mention, uh, and, and it was a lot of fun last night, but last night I actually watched the first official uh, Seattle Kraken versus Vegas Golden Knights game, uh, along with uh, Neil from the Devil State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network youtube channel and that was a lot of fun uh oh holy crap it was like it was two and a half hours for me and it was a little over three for him but oh my goodness yeah. it, it was it was a lot and it was it was brutal towards the end but it was a bunch of fun so yeah for a game uh, that started at nine too <laughs> yeah so by the time we ended it was close to i think it was a little after midnight is when we finished so uh yeah so you know uh shout out to uh josh of thpn who runs the youtube channel it was a great idea thanks for letting me uh tag along and have fun and all that sort of stuff but in two ways and and by the way if you ever want to go do that um i think you and i chris are doing a live it might just be me am i i don't know if you'll be i haven't even run it past you yet but this is well, a better place to bring it up right 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 in front of everybody right um uh I, at least, will be going live on the THPN uh, YouTube channel on Sunday for the game against the Senators, I believe. So uh, that's going to be uh, here in the next couple of days. But anyways, uh, let's get into, and we'll talk about that later, Chris. Yeah, but let's get I, into, I have no idea, so we'll, yeah. we'll, I'll have to see. Sorry, I, I, this popped in my head. I'm like, ah, dang it, I forgot to talk to, talk to you about that. Um, uh, we've got a lot of news from the past week. We're not going to mention everything because this podcast would go forever if we did. But I, I've got about four, uh, four big headlines uh, that I wanted to mention. Um, and as for Stars stuff, we're going to mention a little bit about the uh, the Robo Hints Pavelski line, which may, which it doesn't look like it's going to start off uh, to start the season for obvious reasons. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a preview at tomorrow's game and kind of look at 
uh, how the stars line up against uh, the New York Rangers, which I think this is interesting first game. It's an Eastern Conference team. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we'll I see like how that happens, goes. happens like pretty frequently, actually, which is kind of weird. I don't know if they do that on purpose. Like, I feel like we played the Penguins with the last like normal season opening night. Is that true? I don't know. I don't even remember. But um, and then we're also going to take a look at uh, the Dallas Stars season preview. And uh, we've got several different uh, questions we're going to ask, you know, things we've been talking about over the, the course of the offseason. So if you want to basically take everything that we've been talking about in the off season and put it into about an hour. Uh, this would be the episode to, to listen to and get all of our thoughts on all of this. And we'll kind of do yeah. a little bit of a recap, but also some surprises that came out of uh, training camp as well. And those of you that have been paying attention know who we're, uh, who specifically we're talking about. And uh, I'm really excited to see how he does. So anyways, uh, let's just jump right into uh, some you know, not as fun news. Uh, first off, uh, we got to talk about Carey Price for a second. Um, so Carey Price has entered the player assistance program. Um, when a player enters the program like this, normally there's something going on. And uh, that's not made public at all uh, before, during, or after unless the, uh, unless the family or the player makes it known. You know, normally on social media they do something like that. Uh, but the minimum amount of time that a player can spend in the player assistant program is 30 days. So that's yet another giant, huge, uh, you know, I don't know, even know what you want to call it, uh, shot to the Montreal Canadiens who have already lost. You know, they're not going to have Mike Hoffman to start the year. They're not going to have Shea Weber for the entire season. So yeah. uh, w- hockey-wise, the the Canadians are gonna be the team that has gotten the worst in the off season. They they through no fault of their own. It's just, yeah, just it, circumstances out of their out of their you know out of their control really. Yeah, it doesn't look like they'll be a playoff team. But past that, I think it's really cool that the NHL has set up a program like this, and that big stars like Carey Price feel comfortable enough to take advantage of it, even when they know they're gonna be missing playing time. So, and, and that brings back. And to thought the tweets made by, uh, oh my gosh, the panda uh, <laughs> last Robin week Leonard. that we talked about. Yeah, Robin Leonard. Uh, so I went straight over your head. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I couldn't <laughs> his name. But it, it, especially for you know, such a big star like Harry Price to be able to take advantage of that, like it makes me think that the players are being put in top priority, unlike what Leonard said. But whatever. We shouldn't talk about that too much or. Because <laughs> we got too much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, but it it you know with Carey Price coming out like this and everything, um, his wife did uh post a I don't know what you call it. It, it. it was a little bit of a paragraph on her Instagram account, basically saying along the lines of he's putting himself and his family first before his job. And you know with uh, being a hockey player, especially October to. You know, if you make the Stanley Cup Finals to June or July, uh, you really don't get to spend a ton of time with your family. Um, I mean, the hours that you spend are at the rink or on the plane or at practice or whatever. Um, so I, I think that maybe the, the mental side of it might have been getting to him a little bit. Um, but we also know that he's dealing with a, uh, a big-time injury. So uh, it, it's, it's good to see somebody who is, you know, 
a celebrity in the sport. He's arguably the best goaltender in the world, and he's asking for help, and that's exactly what he's doing by joining this program. Um, do you think we'll see more players take advantage of this player assistance program? Because it, it, it seems like in the past it's had this stigma of, oh, well, if you enter this program, you can't really take care of yourself or and you need help, and that seems to be like a – like a down thing, like it, it hurts your manliness or whatever. Do you think more players will start taking advantage of this? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, these players are in really weird life situations where they're they're pretty much doing one thing 24-7 for like seven months straight, and they get paid millions of dollars to do it and get all this fame and celebrity. That's not, That's like not a normal human thing to do. So I'm glad that they have this set up for them to help them out if – because like – I'm sure I would go crazy in a situation like that. So I'm glad right. to have this for them. Right. And, and you know, while I'm sure while you're in it, you're not really thinking about, you know, after, you know, after retirement and stuff like this. Cause you know, most players, the, the most they'll play, unless you're Yarmir Yager, uh, <laughs> they'll play like 20 seasons, uh, roughly, you know, the That's good players, the, the, the play, the good players will play 15 to 20 years. Um, so, you know, it, it, you, you really got to think about yourself afterwards as well. You don't want to be completely broken afterwards mentally or, or, or physically or even emotionally. So I, I'm just really glad that uh, Carey Price is going out and getting the help that he needs and that he deserves, honestly. After that long cup run, too, that probably did a number on him as well. So uh, anyways, uh, just we're, we're all rooting for you, Carey, if you listen to this. You, you probably won't, but... Uh, we do appreciate what you've done for the sport of hockey. You're a great guy. You're a great, uh, you're a great hockey player. But the most important thing is, is you're a great person, and I'm glad that you're getting help. So, uh, shout out to uh, Carey Price on that. Um, uh, the next thing that we kind of wanted to talk about is kind of along the same lines. But Nick Suzuki uh, comes out this week and he signs an eight-year deal worth seven point eight seven five million. And uh, it, that's a great deal for Nick Suzuki. He's 22. He's coming off a really good year. He's been, you know, excellent in the playoffs uh, the past couple of years. Uh, what do you think of the signing of Nick Suzuki and the extension? Yeah, it, I mean, it's pretty rich. But, I mean, it, if they trust that guy that much that he's going to be good for an extended period of time, then it in maybe three seasons when he's one of the top scorers in the league, undeniably, then it's going to be a great contract. So. Well, and I mean, think about the some of the other players that have signed contracts this season. I mean, that are around the same as him. I mean, Elias Pettersson made about that much as well, and maybe that's what they were waiting for. They were they were waiting for Elias Pettersson to sign so that they could get an extension that's somewhat similar to that. Um, but uh, I really think this contract is going to be a steal uh, by the time uh, by the time it's all said and done. Um, this kid is he reminds me a lot of Mark Stone and Mark Stone is one of the best two-way forwards in the game so the only thing that Nick Suzuki has going against him is he's not very good in the face-offs that sounds familiar right Rope hints <laughs> yeah. and Ro Rope has gotten better but uh, Nick Suzuki is still working on it as well and if he can get just that side of the game going for him uh, I think uh, he will be an excellent addition to this uh well, for the future of this team. And, you know, it, it is kind of nice for Montreal to get a little bit of good news after all the bad news they've had to deal with over the past uh, uh, several months with this offseason. So uh, 
good for Mark Bergevin to get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, deal that was done this off or this off season this week was uh, Mika Zibanejad. So top six forward for the New York Rangers. He signs an eight year deal worth eight point five million per season. Um, and again, it's, a, it's another big good contract. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on on that con? The words. The, what do you, what's your thoughts on that contract, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money. He he did get fifty points this past season. He's been has been growing as well as the season goes on. But like, man, that's a lot of money for eight years. But if if he's going to be a key part of the Rangers and that's what this contract is saying, then it's a good contract. Well, and what what's sad from uh, his point of view is that most of the attention wasn't even on him when he signed the contract and it was made known there was there's been this rumor for months now that the rangers were in on none other than jack eichel and with this signing that kind of undeniably at least for now shuts the door on that conversation that jack eichel will not be traded to the new york rangers and that was what was trending on twitter (laughs) instead of mika zabinajad of course jack eichel is is trending so uh i I mean to to get back to the whole jack eichel thing i i don't think he gets i don't think he gets traded this season i think he sits on the sideline and uh man that's such a bad thing for this sport he's one of the best players in the league and he's gonna sit on the side so uh, i mean terrible for buffalo i mean buffalo looks like a joke right now yeah, it, it really does. And, I, I mean, we were talking about optimism for most of the teams. Buffalo is one of those teams Not that just Buffalo. doesn't have any optimism whatsoever. And, and then, you know, the same thing with, uh, with, I mean, even Arizona. Arizona, with all the things they're dealing with, no arena, they've they've got like eight picks in the first round next, next year, next draft. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not joking. They have five in the second know, round. That's, that's crazy. stupid. And then um, the, the the fact that I mean they've still got some optimism over there Buffalo none yeah. absolutely Cause, nothing because nothing can get worse for Arizona like what's gonna happen they're gonna be last like that's what they're expecting right that's what they're hoping for almost yeah and one of their goaltenders right now is Dustin Tokarski what's one of their two goalies for, for the tandem for Buffalo and yeah. It's not looking very good for Buffalo right now. But anyways, uh, hats off to Mika Zibanejad. Uh, you got paid, dude. You deserve it. Um, we'll see how many goals he scores this season. I think he can probably hit 40, if assuming we played the full 82 games. But we'll see. Um, the last bit of news, this actually came from Sean Shapiro uh, of The Athletic. And uh, I wanted to kind of mention this because this is kind of a big deal, at least for me. And I love that... Uh, this is coming back in. But according to multiple sources, the alternate jersey program, the AKA the reverse retro program that they did last season, could be set to return for the 2022-2023 season, which would be a welcome sight for many teams and executives. So um, what's your just first thoughts on this before I go into a couple more thoughts about this? What, what, do you, what, what are you thinking right now? Yeah, I mean... I mean, it'll be cool. I mean, it's always cool to see new jerseys come out. And then, of course, people getting to buy them. That's always fun, especially for people like you who like and have the money to buy jerseys. Uh, <laughs> but sure. I mean, I, I don't I don't care so much. Um, 
the, again, they're still trying to recoup some money, but I think a lot of teams kind of realize that they missed out. Uh, New York Islanders, I'm looking at you. What a <laughs> terrible reverse retro. You basically did nothing. Detroit, I'm looking at you. You put a silver stripe on a practice jersey. Um, and uh, a lot of teams would like a redo on some of this stuff. And one of the things I did this past week is I scoured the internet again for those reverse retro uh, concepts that we saw before these actually were released. I'm wearing my reverse retro for those of you that are on the podcast side. Uh, it's It, it kind of grew on me after a while. It's a Sagan. It's uh, it's 91. I'm not going to stand up because I'm too lazy to show y'all. But um, what did you see any of those uh, reverse retro concepts that I put on Twitter? Yeah, Chris? I did. They seem very cool. So, I mean, was there one that stuck out to you that you would that you would like to see? I I I think the Mooderist jersey would be hilarious. I really do. <laughs> I think it would be so <laughs> awesome. Just like, but it'd be just like the how how the Ducks reverse retro was. You know, just so terrible that it's good. You just got to really lean into how stupid it is. That would be great. Right. And again, I'm I'm totally on the bus, and I think a lot of Stars fans would love to see a, a Mooderous reverse red show. And and a lot and, of the casual Stars fans would just be really confused. Right, and they'll, <laughs> they'll be like, what, what what's going on here? Um, I would love to see it. I think if there's a big enough movement and there's a big enough demand for it, I think they may give in. They might. Uh, do I think it will happen? No, I don't. Uh. However, there there are a lot of the other concepts that I saw I really enjoyed. There was one specific uh, black one that, that was very similar to the reverse retro they actually did release last year, but it, it's just in black, and it's got some of the old gold trim. I would love to see them bring back some of the gold uh, to their reverse retro. So I'm, I'm, really excited. I'm really excited for that. You can disagree with it, but everyone knows I'm right. So. Gold dumb. Moving gold on. is not dumb. Gold is not dumb at all. Anyways, um, so I, I would love to see a, a comeback of the reverse retro program. That would be just be really cool to see. Um, all right, let's get into some of the uh, star stuff that we wanted to talk about this evening. Um, the, the first thing we wanted to talk about before we knew what was going to happen uh, was the uh, Robo, Henson, Pavelski line. So it looked great, and then something happened. What happened, Chris? Robertson is day to day with some stupid injury. So it seems like even when we get everybody back, we can't seem to get everybody healthy. It, so. it begins early with the stars this season, just right from the gates. So, anyways, uh, did you want to talk about them a little bit, even though Robo won't be playing in the yeah, opening I mean, night and roster? Yeah, and the priests, they played one preseason game where all of them were together and were on the same line, and they pretty much won the game by themselves, and they looked amazing. And it looked exactly like how it looked last season. Like Pavelski was just always in the right spot. Hintz was always just blowing by everybody. And Robertson just has that it factor that he can just find a way to score goals. And they looked amazing. And I'm really upset that they're not going to be playing in the first game. But it's going to lead to something pretty cool, I think, is gonna, was going to happen. And that will lead into our next topic of Jacob Peterson has made the Stars roster as a surprise guy from training camp. And it looks like from what we've seen in practices recently that he's going to be the guy taking Robo's spot while he's injured. So uh, 
I mean, this is not this was not expected at all, right? This is not a player that came no. in and everybody was like, "Oh, he's going to make the roster." N- not many people saw this coming. No, he was in Traverse. He was in the Traverse City tournament, and like those guys, th- that's like a prospect tournament. That's not a like this guy might play this year tournament. So definitely strange. But uh, one of the things that I'm I'm glad that a, that a rookie made it this. Uh, oh season. yeah, I'm really glad. And, so, and it I, I'm a little upset because it it kicked Ty Delandria out of the NHL roster spot. But like, if Peterson beat him, then like he's better. So like, I don't I don't fully disagree with it. I mean, of course, unless Peterson comes out and is trash, and then I will demand Delandria come back. <laughs> but from what it looks like from camp, and from what we saw in the preseason. Peterson just played great, and and he demanded to be played above Delandra with his play. So I think that's totally the right decision. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is probably a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And what's really surprising to me is the fact that, you know, bonus typically relies on what? Vets, yeah. right? Yep. So the fact that Jacob Peterson, who is, he's, he's 6'1", he's 180 pounds, he's not really big or fast, actually. But the main thing, the main number I want to point out is he's 22, so he's he's a little older than than Ucrest by a couple of eight, by a couple of years, and that's it. So the fact that a young guy comes in impresses Rick Bonus that much to en- enough to give him an opening night roster spot. I, he he's going to be on the opening night roster. I can guarantee yeah, no you doubt. that. And I think that's a huge thing for Jacob Peterson, and that just you know builds up more hype for this guy. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can do. I mean, especially in that spot where Robo normally would be, it seems like he could totally make a huge splash from the get-go. So it's going to be super exciting to, to to see him and really keep an eye on him in the first couple of games, especially as he's got this great opportunity with Robo being out. Well, and the other thing that uh, we need to mention about uh, Jacob Peterson is this is his first season on North American Nice. So, so for those of you that don't understand the difference between, you know, ice rinks in North America compared to uh, ice rinks in, like, Europe, which is where he's mostly been. He's been in Sweden mostly playing and developing over there. The rinks over there are Olympic-sized, so they're bigger, okay? They're much bigger than um, North American ice. The, the ice rinks in 
North America are much smaller dimension-wise. So some players come over from Europe and come over here and play in North America, and they can transition like that, which is what seems like Jacob Peterson has been able to do. But for most players, they're not able to just immediately make a switch like that. And, you know, for those of us that don't know better, it's, well, it's, it's size. It's a different size, okay? It's not that big a deal. Well, for many players that come across the pond, that seems to be a really big deal. So yet another thing to be really excited about the fact that, you know, he's able to transition like that into a, a different ice surface, a different, you know, different dimension. That's another yep. big thing. Well, it definitely is a huge deal, especially with, like, positioning of where you're supposed to be on the ice and how much time you have between you and the defender. Like, if you're in the corner in the offensive zone on European ice, you've got way more time than if you're in your own corner on NHL ice. So you just have to think that much faster. And maybe he just thrives being closer to the other team. I don't know. But <laughs> whatever, whatever his game is, it really works well on this smaller ice, too. Because, like, it, and then looking at his, at his stats, he wasn't, like, crazy tearing up his junior league either. So, so that, that's why, from. yeah, so exactly. So that's what makes him a very intriguing player for the Stars. You know, not Braden Holtby, who probably will get the start tomorrow night, not Ryan Suter. What I'm really excited to see is Jacob Peterson because we know nothing about him. Right. We. I mean, other than I. I think I watched one. Uh, one Traverse City game that was there was a stream for it that I watched, and he looked good there. And then he's gotten into about four preseason games, which he he looked good in the one that I saw that was on TV. I think he so, scored two points. Right. Exactly. Preseason. So I mean, it, it's it's just so much excitement just around him, just because he's completely unknown. So in you know. Unlike uh, Hintz and Garyanov and Lindell, who all took a little bit of time to adjust to the smaller ice here in North America, he hasn't had to do that. So that, again, like I said, it makes it even more exciting. So um, this is a quote from Sagan. This is just what I want to mention. It was something that popped out to me. Uh, so Sagan said, I think his skill is the first thing, but the thing I noticed right away was his confidence and his mind. He's not your typical rookie. I didn't know much about him until really that first day when I saw his name with Rads and I. He hadn't seen, we hadn't seen him much in camp, and instantly in that practice, he was confident in the drills. I went to kind of help him, and he didn't need my help. You don't see that too often. Realizing he's 22, he's played pro already over in Sweden, he's going to be a heck of a hockey player. So again, more excitement. Point number three to make it even more excited. This is, you know, Tyler Sagan, who is a vet at this point now, and he's saying nothing but good things about a player, about a rookie who seems to be really in depth in the uh, mental side of the game. So, and for a lot of players, that seems to be the biggest problem. It's not necessarily the physical, but the mental side of the game. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that. Yep, should be very fun. So, um, I, I think I think that we pretty much kind of beat the dead horse on that one. But is there anything anything else you wanted to mention about Jacob Peterson before we move on? I hope he's as good as Robo for the first game. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how many does. And Robo wasn't very good the the first couple of weeks in in oh, last season. There was one more thing. He came sure. out of the 2017 draft class, right? So that's the same one as Jay Gottinger, as Ottinger, uh, Haskinen, Robo. Uh, Robo. Yeah. So that draft so, class looks amazing right now. And again, he's another fifth rounder. So this is the the fifth uh, the third notable fifth rounder that the stars have gotten out in, you know, the past couple the past several years, you know. Ben was in the 5th round. Uh help me out here. Kleinberg was in the 5th round and then now we got Peterson. So, something about the 5th round with the Stars, it seems to be we get good players out of that. So, uh we'll see how Jacob Peterson does. We're I'm really excited to see how uh how he does uh tomorrow in the big the big leagues. So, now it's time to get into our uh, our season preview here, okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to kind of talk about several things. But first off, um, before we get into any of the other stuff, has your prediction for the Stars in the Central Division changed at all, Christian, compared to where they are? So remind us where they were in when we did the way-too-early season predictions. And if there's a change, to so let us know where that changes. What, what does that look like? Uh, I, I believe I had them at second behind uh, Colorado. Um, I still have them at second behind Colorado, though. So still second. Yep, I'm very um, confident. You're very confident in that. Yes. And, uh, and I even went far enough to say that if they get outstanding goaltending, they could maybe even make a stretch to win the division. And I, I believe that because... Even though uh, Colorado does have good goaltending, Darcy Kemper gets hurt very easily, and uh, he's an injury risk. So I, I think it, it's a stretch. I'll, I'll admit it's a stretch, but I think the Stars could even get first in the division. Especially with Colorado being such a good regular season team, too. Like, mm, I don't know. Like, I think Colorado is a shoe in to win the Presidents almost. Well, maybe not since they're in such a hard division, but still. If they were in any other division, I think they would no doubt win the Presidents. Now, okay, so uh, let, let me talk about this real quick because uh, that was that was actually my next thing is talking about the Central Division, right? I think we can both agree that the Central Division is stronger than the Pacific, right? Uh, is that yeah. fair to say? Well, the Pacific okay. Division sucks. All right, so so that so I, I think we can agree on that. It's now, worse than the North from last year. Okay, so uh, I think we can definitely agree on that. Yeah, and I agree with what you just said too. Um, but. Is the Central Division strong with just a lot of good teams, or is it weak with a lot of mediocre teams? Because I've seen I've seen arguments on both sides. So I, I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast, which they did a bunch of uh, season previews for all these different teams, and they were saying that the Central is kind of like it, it's. They didn't say it was a weak division, but they said it was an open division. If that makes any sense, uh, can I, you comment on that? Yeah, I fully agree with that. I mean. It's a fair argument between is it a strong division or is it just a division full of mediocre teams because all the teams below Colorado are very close together and then at, and who's at the is and then Arizona's at the bottom of course but other than those two like it's really a toss up of who's gonna get in so I, I I kind of agree with that I think more so all these teams are good um, I think Dallas is the team out of the other central division teams other than Colorado that has the best chance to make a deep playoff run. But 
that doesn't guarantee that they're going to get a spot in the playoffs just because of the way the team is built. So it's a it's an older team that's going to rely on defense still, even though we we have I know how we're going to we talk got about guys later. that can score now. Our top yeah. our top nine is some of the best in the league, but that's just not the way our system works with Bones. So it's still going to be defense first, and we're going to have to keep and our, our biggest plus is going to be keeping pucks out of our own net. But that's what's going to make us great in the playoffs going forward too. So I think if we get in the playoffs, we're going to be one of the better teams. But it's hard to disagree with saying that all all the rest of the teams are mediocre because from last year they kind of are. Like <laughs> a lot of us, yeah, got in and lost first round. So kind of hard to disagree with that. And but I mean, we'll see whenever. I mean, divisions are playing each other again this year, so we'll we'll see which is true pretty quickly. But I I think the division is very strong, and I and I'm super excited for the divisional play this year. I think it's going to be super super rough and super feisty play going on, and I'm super excited for it. I think the Central is the most fun division to watch at at least. So I don't think anyone would disagree with that. It, it's going to be nice to see other teams other than you know Carolina in florida i'm actually more happy to see the divisional rivalries that we have come back because like it it was cool to play the eastern teams a lot last year but i I miss it i didn't feel like we ever got the true rivalries back but i I miss the stars and the blues and the stars and the the preds as much as i hate those teams you love to hate them because they're your big rivals right those are games you circle on the calendar you're like they gotta watch this one because who knows what's gonna happen. So yeah. Speaking I'm super, of which, super looking forward. To speaking it. of speaking of which, you know, we got to circle whenever Ryan Reeves can come back and uh, that Washington versus New York Rangers game. We'll see how that goes. I'm really excited to see that one. That's one I got circled on my calendar. Um, uh, one one other question I wanted to ask because this is, was a little bit different because I thought it was interesting. Um, I think we we and we've sort of kind of talked about this with uh, Rope Hints being in a possible elite player for the Stars. A lot of these teams that are that are uh, quote unquote Stanley Cup contenders, which the Stars are not viewed as one, you know, maybe outside of Dallas, they're not viewed as a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, as they shouldn't. They missed the playoffs last year, so it's right. So valid. it's fair. It's fair to say that. Um. The stars don't have any "quote unquote" superstars on our team. I think Sagan still is, but see, but yeah. even even then, even then, is Sagan considered case. a superstar still? Because yeah. even the last year that he did play the full season, Miro Heiskanen was still our all star. Right. So, so my so my the, to to kind of bring that thought full circle, does the fact that the stars that they don't have any kind of superstar status players. Does that hurt us in our chance going for the Stanley Cup? What uh, do you think? No, it doesn't because of the way that we play. And we make the parallel the parallel to uh, the Islanders all the time. It's the same kind of deal. Like, the Islanders don't have a superstar offensive guy, in my opinion. Like, they have some good players, but no better than Sagan. Like, I think Sagan would be the best player on the Islanders, and yet the Islanders are a contender every single year. So I think, especially in today's NHL, it doesn't matter a ton. For the regular season, it definitely matters. You see Edmonton and you see Colorado, and those teams are the best regular season teams there are. And the game has totally shifted, especially during the regular season. But during, during playoff hockey, playoff hockey is kind of the same as it's been the past decade. It hasn't really changed much, in my opinion. So I think the lockdown style that we play is 
going to lead to more success in the playoffs than it will in the regular season. I I, I agree with that uh, that statement 100%. And I, I like the uh, the similarities that you made between us and the New York Islanders because that's that's a big thing that a lot of people talk about is, you know, why did the Stars go deep in 2020? Why is New York so consistently going deep in the playoffs? One is because they've got Barry, Barry Trotz as their coach, but it's just the way they're built. <laughs> The way they're built is is perfect for uh, postseason hockey. So and um, to get into how they're built, we'll just I'll just take it straight into the Stars' top nine. This has got to be one of the best top nine forward groups, like as a total in the, in the NHL. So right now, if everyone's healthy, you've got Ben Sagan, Radulov, you've got uh, Robo Hintz, Pavelski, then you've got Gurianov on the third line. Who else? I can't think of it right now. Do you have the roster pulled up? Help me out. I don't, but in the middle, you would expect Foxa and probably Kiwi on the third line. Yeah, that's got to be one of the best top nines. And and then Kivy is going to be challenged by Peterson, who's looked great recently. And Foxa's, it, that may switch between him and Glenn Didding, just depending on whoever's doing better offensively. And Foxa was hurt all season last year. So Fox, I'm really expecting Foxa to have a bigger offseason, bigger offensive year this year. So we're our top nine looks like all three of those lines are more than capable to score goals. They would be one of the scarier lines on any other team. So I, I think goals have been a huge problem for the stars the past five years. And I think this year we can hmm. finally come out of that just because of how deep we are. There's not going to be one guy who's going to score all the goals or one line that's going to score or all not, the goals. not even one line. I feel like all three lines and it's going to change every night, I think. And that's what, that's what I'm most excited for this season, at least, is just being able to roll three great lines. Like, it's not it, – the third line is, like, slightly worse, but those top two lines, they're bang, bang on what, who's the first line. Like, it's literally up to a coin toss. I mean, right now you're going to say it's the robo line, but that's just because of how, how great they were last year. But it, it, it really excites me at how good our forwards look this year. And I think with the ro- the robo uh, injury it, that that kind of diminishes my excitement a little bit for the for the yeah, game for tomorrow. The first game at least, yeah. Because it, the way that I had the lines going off, it was uh, first line what you mentioned, robo, hence Pavelski. Second line I had Sagan and Radulov, and then I had that left wing spot open, which I thought Peterson could possibly fill. So I, I kind of put him in the the second line. And then on the third line, I I I put Ben in the center, Garyanov on the right, and then Kiviranta on the left. Yeah. And then um, in on the fourth line, I, I had Foxa, Glendening, and Como. Even though that's not really a fourth line, that's just like a, a is there such thing as a three B line? All, all four of those lines are going to get their playing time, and uh, that's what I was looking forward to. But w- obviously, with Como going on IR and stuff like that. And uh, Robo just being day-to-day, I think that's that's going to change a little bit, and we may see the reemergence of the Sagan-Ben-Radulov line. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's the other thing we'll we see. should talk about real quick, is the preseason did not solidify anything. <laughs> so the goalie situation is not solid. We're not even for sure who's going to start tomorrow. So we, we think we know, but... It'll be Holby. It'll we think be it's going to be Holby. It's, but it's not going to be Dobby. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Dobby. But, I would and, be surprised if it's Dobby. And that's very point, obviously fluid, though, about, like, Holby, even if he starts tomorrow, he's not the starter. Like, 
that that's that's at, at least a given. He's and a one A. He's a one exactly. 1A. And, then and then Dobby's a one B. And then for the forwards, we have seen every line combination possible so far. So <laughs> I I I threw out the Ben Sagan Radulov line just because that's what we saw last in the last mm-hmm. in the last game. But yeah, that's not really set at all. The only thing that is pretty much set, like always, is the defensive pairing, which it looks like uh, Klingberg is going to be with Sutter this year. And Haskinen is going to be with Lindell, which is going to be super interesting. I'm super excited to see that too. And then uh, that third pairing, it, it appears that uh, that Hawkenpah is going to be ready. I think, if if, if I oh, remember correctly, from what I, I, I saw on is he is he still hurt? I thought he was out. That, that's maybe, what I saw on Twitter, but maybe it's still up in the air. Maybe maybe it is out. Hold on, let me see. Um, but anyways, regardless of who's on that third pairing, uh, it, it, I think. Even if Joel Hanley is playing, he'll 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 still be a good fill in. Yeah, he'll that, be fine. On that on that side over there. So and he uh, he's had a great camp too, from what from the stuff that I've read. Yep, and he's a he's a big dude. So uh, we're looking forward uh, to that. So uh, I mean, we're gonna go all the way back and kind of mention this, but uh, last season, one of the biggest things that uh, we haven't talked about yet is our record. And specifically the third number in said record. 23, 19, and 14 overtime or shootout losses, and that was fifth place in the Central Division. Chris, what do we need to do to get more numbers off of that overtime shootout loss? Honestly, I think the answer is nothing. I mean, I think Sagan and Radulov solve a lot of those. I mean, a lot of them were just fluky and lucky and just weird. And that's just the way the Stars franchise is. It's just stupid. But Radulov and Sagan, like, at least four of those games would have been flipped to wins, in my opinion. And probably more. Just with those two guys on the ice all season. So I I don't think it's an issue. I think it was a weird thing that happened last year. And I think it was due to our goal scorers not being in the game. So I don't think that's going to be a problem at all this year. Um, I'm going to go, I'm still worried about it to be totally honest with you. It's still in the back of my head. And if it's in the back of my head, I have a feeling that it might be in the back of the stars players heads. So here's my solution for, you know, winning those overtime and shootouts, win it in regulation. (laughs) That is a good solution. I, I mean, right. I mean, just if, if we know that, you know, we haven't been good historically in the past couple of years when it comes to shootout and when it comes to overtimes, just don't go to overtime. Take care of your business in the regulation so you don't have to even worry about that. And that thought in the back of your head that's in the back of my head doesn't come to the forefront of your mind because it, it can't happen because the game's over and you're you're winning the game three to two or two to one or six to one or whatever. So that that's going to be one of the things that I hope the stars take care of this season is that when they're up by a goal in the third period that they shut it down and they don't just go into turtle mode. They go out and they, they still press a little bit offensively, but play smart offensively. Don't take dumb chances, but I still push. I, I would want, I really want to see them push in the third period for an insurance goal uh, this upcoming season. So that's one of the, the big things that I wanted to mention with the Stars when it came to 
when it came to that. Um, one of the other things I wanted to mention is just, you know, it, it's been so long, but uh, we're just going to go ahead and mention it. Um, key losses for the Stars, uh, first off was Andrew Cogliano, who uh, I forget where he signed. I think he might be with the Ducks. I forget. It wasn't the but Ducks. He came from the Ducks. He well, he maybe he came from the Ducks. Okay, well I don't know where he is now. I have to look it up again. But um, Justin Dowling and also Jake D- Jason Dickinson are both in Vancouver. So those are the key losses for the Stars from this past season. Uh, and but what we're really excited about is the key additions that that were made. You miss Alexiak, the uh, biggest one. Yeah, but but we 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 kind of knew. We kind of knew about that though a little bit, but that, I guess that's true. Um, yeah, but that's, I mean, solid any, top four guy that really came into his own last season, so that's, that's one true. that I am not looking forward to having to try Suter fill. But uh, you know, speaking of additions to the team, Ryan Suter was added on that uh, four-year contract that we both kind of went, eh, maybe not. And then uh, we also have uh, Michael Raffle, Luke Glendening, and Braden Holtby. As the as major additions to this team, um, what's your expectations for Suter this season? I mean, with the reason we signed him, his expectation should be that he's a lockdown defensive guy and makes little to no mistakes, because that's what he's been signed to do. He's signed to be a solid defensive guy who you don't really notice, and he kind of does his thing and takes care of the ice and takes care of Klingberg and lets him do fun stuff with the puck. So that's that's what that's what I'm expecting from Sitter is just solid defensive play throughout the year. So Lindell 2.0. Yeah, two Lindells. That's what I want. <laughs> um, what are you expecting from Luke Glendinning? What would you, what would you like to see from him? I hope Glenn, I I like Glendinning. I hope he plays a lot on the fourth line, and I hope the fourth line just becomes a line to where they can be thrown out against the other team's top line and the other team's top line just won't get the puck because we're going to win the face-off no matter what because we got Fox and England in and taking the draw. So that's what I would be most excited about, and especially his penalty killing. His penalty killing should make us one of the best penalty killing teams in the league. With him and Foxa both being centers on probably one and two on that penalty kill, we shouldn't lose very many face-offs on the penalty kill, and that should that's an immediate 20 seconds gone from any kind of play, any kind of... Uh, any kind, of, any kind of face-off, you're just going to win a face-off, dump it down. That's it. So I expect our penalty kill to be a lot better from Glendinning. He's pretty much, pretty much that. Yeah, and that's one of the things we talked about in a previous episode was the uh, penalty kill. And, uh, you know, d- just me thinking about our first penalty kill unit, would it would be those two, I would assume, right? And then uh, and then Lindell and Suter. That's a pretty good penalty kill, uh, well, penalty, I probably... penalty kill unit. I'd probably sp- split up Fox and Glendinning because Fox is already a great penalty killer on his own. And if you've right. got both of those guys taking draws at, at different times during the power play, I think that's that would be amazing. That would be super helpful. The, my only thought about the penalty kill and with Glendinning and everything is who else forward-wise can kill penalties for the Stars? Because last Fox. year we had a, a lot of guys that could play on the penalty kill and our penalty kill still wasn't all that great. So who... Which kind of players do you look at in the Stars roster that probably need to step up and fill in those roles? Well, you've got Como, of course. He's definitely going to be one of the guys who's right. going to kill him. That was he my, does that a lot. That was my first thought. Um, the other guy, well, right now, Caro's going to be one of those guys. 
Um, just because that's all he can do. I'm not a big Caro <laughs> fan. Um, Henson Gurianov have last season they both really wanted to be on the penalty kill and they wanted that time and they were doing pretty good at it. So I think both of those guys are really good options to to do that as well. I agree. And then, um, do you think we'll see Klingberg on the uh, on the penalty kill this season? Because we haven't really seen it a lot in his career. Uh, I don't think he needs to. I mean, I'd rather not play him on the penalty kill and let him rest during during the other team's power plays that he can play more on our power plays. So, as a puck moving guy, I don't I don't think he needs to or should. Honestly, I mean, I I like him being in the offensive zone more in the, than the defensive zone anyway. And then, and then also Hintz. Hintz will be a good – I mean, you already mentioned it, but he, he really is a two-way forward in this league. And uh, he can he's very good defensively. And especially in this system, I think it'll be okay. Uh, however, um, the biggest addition I'm worried about the most because it looks like, again, he's going to start tomorrow night, Braden Holtby. What's we got your – Okay, first, first, before we even talk about Brain Holby, <laughs> Ottinger is in the AHL. I'm very upset about it. I don't like it at all. I, I mean, I'm mad. I'm not happy about it. I, I'm, I'm at the whole goaltending situation is going on. Oh, and before we get into that, even Bishop's on LTIR again. So all the talk about him playing a preseason game, bullcrap. Don't know what that was all about because he's not even expected to come back for a long period of time. Obviously, that's what LTIR means. So it's freaking stupid. I, I, think I hate the goaltending situation. This is the this is what's going to be the pitfall mark. for the Stars. Yeah, yeah, this is the biggest question mark. This is the pitfall. So if we can't get any of our goalies figured out, if nobody plays good, which is likely if you've got three goalies, obviously you don't trust them. Like that, I mean, that can screw you. Like goalie is the most important player on the ice, and we have no idea who our starter is. And that's that's not a good thing. I mean, we have three good goalies, we think, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna translate into good starters. So, I that's what I'm most nervous about. That can totally derail your whole season. I mean, I think our lineup looks great, and then I scroll down past defense and I see goalies, and I'm terrified. So, <laughs> so I think it really could. It really if if one thing does fail this season, it's gonna be goaltending, and there's nothing you can really do about that. Well, the, the one thing the Stars do have going for them is they've got depth at every single position, right? I mean, you could, you could depth, argue they that. They have no good players. Goaltending is the one position where you need a good player. And we had that with Ben Bishop, and he's nope. He's hurt. And so so they're doing the best they can with a bad situation, it seems like. Um, so so let me get into the question I was going to ask you. What's your What's your expectation of Holtby this upcoming season? What do you want to see from... Uh, the former 2018 uh, Stanley Cup champion. Just hover around 900 save percentage and we'll win a lot of games. Like, he shouldn't be facing too many shots with how good our defense is. But, man, it's just, I don't know how much you can expect from him. I mean, his numbers were terrible last season, and that's also because he wasn't, he didn't have a great team in front of him. But, I mean, his save percentage was low too. So, if you're if it was just your team, you'd see the save percentage is a little bit higher, and the goals against is way 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 higher too. But it was both of them were high. or the save percentage was low and goals against was high, so 
I hope he does better, but man, tough no, sell. Right, uh, and I, I, I kind of agree with you on that a little bit. Um, I'll slightly throw a little bit of a bone in there. I think that the save percentage will be higher, mostly because of the way that the Stars play. And so the saves that he will make will probably not be high percentage shots, I'm hoping. So, uh, so, he, and he, so he should be able to, to make those saves, and we should expect him to make those saves. Um, we're going to need him or Dobby to step up big or time. Or Ottinger. We have three. Yeah. So, and, and I'll say or it again. Bishop to come back. I'll say it again. We will see Ottinger this season in, at, in the NHL level. And I, I hope soon, I'm wrong. That means something bad happened. That exactly. <laughs> that was exactly my point. And I'm hoping I'm wrong because you know, you know I'm so conflicted because I want him to be here. But if he comes back to the NHL, that means that, that Dobby means and Hobie didn't good. work out. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I mean, that's just my just my thought. So hopefully we don't have to use him and force him back up here and uh, you know ask him to save our butts and save our season and you know, push for a playoff spot. But uh, we'll see how all of this goes for the Stars. Um, there's so many more questions we got to ask, but we're, we're starting to run out of time. So just as a quick, re- let, just as a quick uh, preview for the game tomorrow, the Stars will be playing the New York Rangers in New York at Madison Square Garden. This is going to be the first game coming up. Um, they will have a uh, watch party for those of you that want to go. It's going to be at the AT&T Di- Discovery District. Uh, in downtown Dallas, and it's going to start around 5 o'clock, and that's the official uh, watch party if you want to go take a look at that. Um, Obviously, it's going to be on Ballet Sports Southwest. Uh, Josh Bogorod uh, and Razor will have the call. And then uh, the new people coming around, Lauren uh, Callender and then Michelle uh, McMahon. I hope I'm saying her name right again. And uh, and we'll see them. We'll see Brian Ray as an analyst. That'll be really weird. Brian Ray was on Razor's podcast. It has a new uh, name now. Yeah, and, and if you have Man Rush, yes, if you haven't gone to go listen to that episode, you need to go listen to it. And uh, Brian Ray did an excellent job. So great podcast, I loved it. Yeah, it was a very good episode. So I'm very excited for that. Although he likes the old guys, though. Man, I hate that. <laughs> he was singing the praises of Michael Raffle, bro. I wasn't about it. Well, it, maybe Michael Raffle will surprise us. That's that's the best that we can hope for. So. Anyways, um, it'll be the uh, it's gonna be the first game of the season between these two teams, and uh, they'll play again on March twelfth, twenty twenty two. And obviously, they didn't play the Rangers last season because of COVID. They only played inter interdivision games, and uh, we'll see how this goes for the Stars in one of the most uh, iconic buildings in the NHL. Yeah, pretty cool place to start actually at at the MSG, and. Uh... The Rangers actually just got off a game tonight that they played in Washington. Uh, they got destroyed. I think it was. I think it ended five to one. Yeah, ended five to Ugh. one for the Capitals. The Rangers got demolished. So, good news for us. They're tired and they got beat, so they're probably bad. Well, so let's do they, the same thing. If they got if they got bit bit if they got, they got beat, beat they they, they definitely got bit. got bit. Well, if if Ryan Reeves was out there, there might have been some biting going on, but. Um, if they got beat really bad, they may be pissed off and come out and play a better game, especially in front of their home crowd. So nah, they're too, I don't know. They're too tired. We'll beat the crap out of them. So <sighs> um, one of the things that they pointed out on uh, the 
whatever you call it, the preview for the for the game tomorrow, is they really kind of highlighted or Ryan Suter, and and so so let's just take a, a look at some of these, you know, stats I guess you could say for Ryan Suter and and why they pointed out so. He spent nine seasons in, in Minnesota, and he signed a four-year contract with the Stars on, on my birthday, July 28th. And he is joining the Stars as the most experienced NHL player on the roster. So he's got a 1,198 games in uh, 16 seasons to his name. And uh, he's also played the second most games among active defensemen in the NHL, while he also ranks fifth in points and second in assists. So 93 goals, 514 assists, 607 points. So, uh, does that experience will that affect the game at all, Chris? I mean, yeah, it will. Hopefully, it just means he's a lockdown guy, and then in the locker room, he knows the right things to say whenever we get into those big game situations. Hopefully, into the playoffs. But I don't expect him to be like a huge difference maker on the ice, and that I don't want him to be. I want him to be like Lindell. He's quiet. Solid he does his job great, and he's a solid defensive guy. That's all I want. Um, Suter was only one of four Minnesota skaters last season to play all 56 games, and he averaged a whopping 22 minutes and 11 seconds as a 36-year-old. So he can log minutes, and that's a good thing for the Stars. Uh, how, how does that affect the Stars going forward? I mean, hopefully we don't need that. I mean, it, it, that's another thing we didn't really talk about this episode, but the Stars team is old. We need to be <laughs> we need to be cycling guys, not giving guys four lines. exorbitant amounts of minutes, yeah. So hopefully Suter will have an easier workload, and hopefully that makes him better overall too. So we'll see. So uh, the other thing, the, the last one we wanted to mention is he's appeared in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the – he appeared in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the, the 12th season, skating in seven games in the first round against Vegas. So it's a guy that's got some playoff game experience. Um, I don't know how much it will affect this game or anything, but um, – Big playoff implications on the line tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, the one question that I want to ask, and then we'll we'll wrap it up for this evening. How important is it for the Stars to get off to a really good start? How important is that? Well, the year before last, we got off to a really slow start, and that screwed us. But then last year, we got off to a super great start, and that screwed us too. So I have no idea. <laughs> so based off of history, we just have no clue what's going to happen. Let's go somewhere in the middle. You know, well, let, let's win some, let's lose Start some. Start the season 500, <laughs> go 5-5 five and five in the first 10 games. <laughs> you know what would be better? If we just went 0-0-10. Zero, zero, That'd be perfect. No, how about no? I Get would, all I would the that. overtimes out of the way. That would be that would be amazing. Congratulations, you are the biggest losers. You're 0-0-10. Zero, zero, so, anyways, guys, uh, we will look forward to seeing you guys again. Tomorrow night, uh, we'll have a PGR for you then, and uh, we'll be going live very soon after the Stars game tomorrow night. Uh, make sure you tune in for that. It, it'll be here on YouTube. It'll be basically everywhere. It'll be on uh, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. And uh, we'll have some uh, a little bit of breakdown for you uh, from the game, probably about 30 minutes-ish, uh, give or take 10 minutes if there's a lot to talk about or if there's not a lot to talk about. But uh, we hope that you guys uh, will tune in for that. And uh, one more time, I just want to mention DraftKings. Make sure you use that promo code THPN uh, when you go and use their app for a little something special. And, uh, guys, uh, hockey starts tomorrow. We're excited. This is it for the Stars. This is this is it. This is the season. This is the season.
He, that's what he said last season to everybody. Don't listen to him. Yeah, but I also didn't know that we were going to have all the injuries, too. So, This is the season. I won't say this. This is it. Yeah, this, I won't say it next season. So, Anyways, Chris, uh, I'll, I'll let you have the last word before I do the outro. Go for it. Go Stars, Giggum, Beat Mizzou. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in this evening. Make sure you follow us on all our social media accounts on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and then make sure uh, you give this channel a like and a subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, along with Chris, I'm Ryan, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you guys have a wonderful and fantastic evening and game day tomorrow.